thou wilt show me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Hello and welcome to the Psalm 1611 podcast, where we want to help ministers and small churches. For more information, please visit BethanyBBC.com or you can visit our Facebook page, Psalm 1611. Welcome back to Psalm 1611. We're so glad you're joining us on this next episode. And today we're going to talk about giving in a small church and specifically how we give and some fundraisers in our church, what it means, how it works, uh, what works, what may not work, all that fun stuff. We're so glad that you're joining us. So our goal in this podcast is to see us reach our full joy in Christ. As Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life, and in thy presence is the fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And so today we're going to relate that to giving. How does it work? Why it works? And, you know, giving in a small church is always a problem. So, Pastor Altman, uh, if you would take a second, how do we handle that, and how do we handle the giving and still have joy in Christ? It's a good problem to have, is to have things in your church that are too big for you. Because it should, if we as church leaders use it right, point people to prayer, point people to trust in God, and point people to dreaming. In small towns, you don't see a lot of dreaming, uh, not healthy dreaming at least. You see things move slower. You don't see a lot of big projects accomplishing. It's little by little. And so that dream mechanism that you might find in larger areas aren't the same. So having this problem of we don't have enough in our budget to do the upgrades we want and we have to look to fund fundraising for missions or for camp or things. Um, there's a good problem to have if leadership points everybody to Jesus. And speaking of joy, when it comes down to any kind of giving, we don't want it to be mechanical or calculated as much as we want it to be done out of love. Because right. giving is putting something toward, putting finances toward a project or a person, not because you owe it to them, but because you want to do it. It's very, very, very important. And Jesus, when, when the, Hebrew, the Hebrew writer talking of Jesus said, for the joy that was set before him, we always got to look at what our investment's going to be doing for the kingdom of God and for the glory of God. Here at Bethany Baptist Church, we've done fundraising over the year to promote the gospel in several ways. I've had seen ways that work and ways that don't work. Ways that work is when it's for missions. And people are motivated to purchase something or give beyond toward an item or a barbecue plate or whatever you're doing because they want missions to work. And that's always kind of cool. That's always kind of cool to do. And it gives people outside the church an opportunity to take part as well. It gets people serving. There's some good Christ-exalting principles there. Uh, It works really good. We had uh, a person that needed a double lung transplant years ago here, and we did a car wash just for them. And it was fundraising because our church did not have what it took to help these people go way beyond uh, you know, what we had the ability to give. So we did a car wash. Um, we raised thousands of dollars in the car wash because the person was known in the community and people wanted to give. So I've seen it work that way. Where it don't work is where fundraising needs to be a supplement to the actual discipleship of teaching people to give charitably. What I mean by that is when we're coming to this property, we needed a good bit of money to renovate what we have. 
Um, so what we did was we decided we we're going to do some fundraisers and it was going to help us. And we did this yard sale on the property um, and we collected things and we set up and we advertised it. And man, probably 25 or 30 of us put our hands into it. And at the end of an eight hour day with that many people, we ended up with like $1,200. It was a, we thought it was going to be a major thing, but it was a supplement. Mm -hmm. And we should treat it like a supplement. The main thing is asking people uh, to do what God would have them do. You know, you keep talking about supplement, and it's kind of like a vitamin in your diet. You can't just take vitamins all day and expect you to keep living because you need the food there. The vitamin's just a supplement. It's a complement to your normal diet. And so the same way a fundraiser is just a complement to what we do through our faithful giving and through the givers of the church. So uh, you mentioned how Christ gave because of the joy that was set before him. And I think that's the first point into really what is giving. We see giving over and over again in the life of Christ, you know, for he gave and, and for God the Father gave his only son. So talk to us a little bit about what is giving and use, uh, of course, the Bible, but specifically Christ's life in what is giving. Giving is releasing something that's not owed. That, that's really what it is. It's, it's releasing something of yours that you possessed that is not owed to the other party simply because you want them to have it, to enjoy it, uh, to receive it. You're sharing. And it's yeah. just like what Jesus taught. It is better to give than receive. And we see that in Christ because he gave and still gives to this day. And that means he is sufficient. Yeah. And he is sustaining and he is the strong one. And he's releasing his strength and his care to us. And as Christ followers want to be Christ-like, we get to do the same. with In giving, we get to release something that is ours that Christ has sustained us with, being good stewards to others that they may enjoy what we have gotten. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's sharing. So giving is sharing. Giving is uh, uh, doing something not out of necessity, but out of desire. And that's what we want people to do is give out of that desire. You know, the 10% rule, that's a great rule. That's a good bottom rule to say, I want to make sure I'm giving 10% uh, to the church. I think that's really uh, a good biblical principle. But I think oftentimes that becomes mechanical and mm -hmm. calculated, and that's how we teach it. And so we miss it. We miss what giving is. It doesn't become out of desire. It comes out of necessity of meeting a number. Uh, so in fundraising, you want to take people from the calculation to charity, and you want to take them to that point that Christ is in. Right. And so why we give is something of desire. Something I've seen in our church is people who are giving and who are serving, not based on just intellect, just the numbers, but off of emotion, right? They have that desire there, and they want to, to do things. I think of um, a person in our church who donated some screens, right? It wasn't a, a necessarily a need that had to happen or we couldn't worship, but it was something that supplemented our worship, and he saw it and, you know, filled it out of his own heart, out of the desire of his heart. And so now we get to enjoy them and take things, um, you know, in stride and, and keep moving. But it's something that's helped me in giving because I see somebody else doing it, right? And get, having a luxury, um, a lot of churches don't think in those terms. We want to live in the bare basics, the, the necessities, which is really good. I think it's a good principle of stewardship to take care of the basics first, the necessities. That's what a budget does. Um, a lot of times fundraisers are luxuries. Uh, uh, 
And I say that because you don't have to send your kids to camp or you don't have to support another missionary. You don't have to do that. You can just stick to whatever's in your budget and say, but really fundraising goes into some luxuries. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's a necessity. Sometimes you need to replace a power panel like we need to. And it's a necessity. Uh, and the way to get people involved with that, and we haven't really talked about this, but the way to get them involved is to do what was in Exodus 25, 1 through 3, where Moses was told by God that you're going to build a tabernacle and to go down there and tell the people to contribute and let them give what's in their heart. So I think the best way to fundraise is take the need to the people of God, share it with them directly, let them digest it, let them give willingly, and then celebrate what they're willing to do to make the project work. Awesome. Now, we talked about what is giving and a little bit about why we give. Let's talk about how we give here at the church. And you've mentioned some of the fundraising, so I think we can start there with our fifth Sunday giving. So, Pastor, take a second, tell us what the fifth Sunday giving is, uh, how we give, how it works in our church, and why it's a great uh, avenue to give. So Fifth Sunday Giving is where we promote people to give beyond what they normally give, not to just be calculating what they give, but really pray to be charitable. And the money that comes in that's extra off of that Fifth Sunday goes toward a specific project. We've done this in years past, and we've raised you know, six or $7,000, and we've raised up to $20,000. When the need is there, people respond to it. Right. And uh, when we have a need, people usually step up to the plate. So it gives us a way as a leadership team, to communicate a need without saying every week give toward it. Gives people 92 days between each fifth Sunday, something like that, to prepare, uh, to give. And uh, it, it gives us a chance to keep communicating the need, giving that opportunity. Fifth Sundays are wonderful. If you've never tried it at your church uh, and you need to raise some money for something, I highly suggest sitting down with your stewardship team, your leadership team, and saying, look, this is a way four times a year we can save money, toward this project, raise money for this project, and communicate with people beyond just budget as needs. You know, yeah. once a year you talk about the budget with the church and approve it, pass it, present it, all those things, um, and then it's kind of done. But mm-hmm. with Fifth Sunday, it gives you reason not only to go over your quarterly things, but to say, hey, remember we're doing this as well. That's beyond our norm. Right. Do that and celebrate your Fifth Sunday. Mm-hmm. Set goals. We've set goals for 10000 and taken up, you know, 7900 Celebrate that 7,900. Don't put your head in the sand and say, man, you know, we didn't get the 10,000 boot. No, you got 7,900. That's great. That's what people were willing to give. That's yep. what God had in that's his mind. You, you might have overshot what God wanted, <laughs> but that's cool. You know, it's cool. You still celebrate what people do because that's their hard-earned money. That's them believing in God. That's them having faith. And you don't, uh, you don't downsize the great things that they try to do for God. Right, and in the fifth Sunday, we've actually presented it really three different ways here. Like you mentioned, we had a big goal, a total for everybody, which at one time I think it was like $10,000. So we said, as a church, we're going to meet this. And I think we actually did very well on that one. Then in a different fifth Sunday, we said, hey, we want each family unit to give $500 each. And then we kind of talked about, okay, if we have X amount of family units give that, we will meet, meet our goal. And that actually went over well. And also a third way that happened, uh, we said, hey, double tithe Sunday. Yeah. So whatever you give normally, just try to double it that Sunday, and you know we can help reach our goal that way. And goals are not commandments. Right. They're simply giving people strategies and opportunities and to reach toward and structure. Yeah. And people need it. Some people don't. Um, you don't usually have structured people looking at a church leader saying, why are you giving us all structure? I don't, most <laughs> times, your church, if we don't treat our church immature— 
the people in it, they won't act immature. Yeah. The church, church people that love God, that's your faithful group, uh, they're not looking at you like you're crazy when you talk about charitable giving. It's in the Bible. If they're reading it, they see it. Um, if their church has a need, they see it, and they understand it. And they get that we projected budgets. We can't project everything that will go wrong or everything that we'll need. Um, so m- most people get it. And it's really cool to present different strategies. Again, sit down, talk about what will work, think about what will work, and keep that fundraising goal in mind because, again, supplement your fund, your, 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 your raising extra money, your budget. Uh, supplement it with you know, fundraisers if that's what you so desire to do. But the main thing is keep that thing out front, communicate it. And another thing about communicating is have many voices if you can. Two or three in your church, there's influential people, communicating the need, communicating the strategy, and celebrating Jesus with you. Because that's when it comes down to it, we're doing what we do because of the joy set before us, mm-hmm. the joy that we have in salvation, the joy that we have of other people becoming Christian and becoming part of the family, the joy that we have of spending eternity with God. There's plenty of joy that's set before us. So sometimes we just got to hold on to that cross um, endure it, uh, despise the shame, and keep going. Yeah, and I think it's important, like you said, to to have the different voices. Man, I think that's so important because for like you and I, I know I want to come at it from, okay, here's theologically what happens when we give and why we give. That's the way I come from it. Then we've got somebody on our stewardship team who does an awesome job of hosting, and that's Brother Adam, and he comes at it as like a numbers guy. He's like, listen, church, this is our goal. This is what we've done. And people like both. Yeah, and people like both. And then you've got somebody else, like a brother Sam, who's like, okay, here's a commandment. Let's keep rehearsing this in our minds until we grasp it, you know? And, you know, you get all different aspects of it, and it's healthy for a church to see that. It's very healthy for the church to see it. It's healthy for leaders to have a chance to be humbled. Yeah. It's embarrassing at some level to get up and ask people for money. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, it's, and it's, it's humbling to have to get up and teach uh, because— Nobody in our church is ignorant or stupid. None of our leaders are nowhere are near dumb. They're very smart, very, uh, very in tune people to real life. Yeah, and they know what it takes to get money. They know what it's, what it takes to work, and they know what it takes to survive. And getting up and saying, with all that that's going on in your life, we're now asking you to do a little bit more. To do more. Yep. We're asking you to consider it. We're asking you to pray with us. We're asking you to get involved. And doing that, man, you, you know, back of somebody's head in your church, one or two people, somebody might think, that's all we talk about. Or, uh, I can't believe they're doing this. Or, if people, give, if people want to give, they'll just give. And that, that sounds good, but it's not true. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if people, somebody wants to get saved, they're just going to get saved. Well, so let's not go preach to them, right? Mm-hmm. Or if somebody wants to eat, going? they'll get a job. You know, mm-hmm. you got that mentality. That's not ministry. Yeah. Ministry is communicating the things of God to people. Doing it in such a way they can receive it. So yep. that humbling experience for your leaders in your church to get a hold of is great discipleship. Hopefully they want to do what you want to do and I want to do, and that is see what the Scripture says and let that be their motivation to speak because it matters when you find your desire, your joy, your motivation from God's Word. The God's Word is everything to the church, and that's what we've got to keep people pointed toward in everything they do. Yep. Well, we thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We've had a great time here at Psalm 1611. Hope you join us next time as we continue. If you want to add anything or if you have any questions, you can send them to bethanybbc.com. You can also check out our Facebook page at Psalm 1611. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Can't wait to see you next time on Psalm 1611. Thanks for listening to the Psalm 1611 podcast. Again, for more information, you can check out BethanyBBC.com.
or visit our Facebook page, Psalm 1611. Thank you.